0: Hey Kate. Yeah? Do we give legal advice on this podcast? Oh gosh, no.
1: <laughs> we talk beforehand, people.
0: <laughs> Hostile work environment. Exactly.
1: Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile Work Environment. Shut up. I'm the Human Resources Director, Little Miss Hostile Work Environment. Oh.
0: Hello friends. Mark here. You may have noticed that the original upload of this episode only included Kate's track and the rest of the audio was missing. While well, some of you rightly pointed out that this was a vast improvement over our normal episodes and highly entertaining. Others seem to think that it might be better to have the full audio. So, without further ado, thanks for your patience. And here is the very giggly episode. Hello, and welcome to the Hostile Work Environment <laughs> Podcast. My name is Mark Alephand. <laughs> <laughs> we we couldn't before get we through the people. intro. That's why I got, I was like, before we started recording, I got Kate giggling. Uh, and I waited until we were at like maximum giggle, and then I hit I hit start uh, and should have known that we wouldn't get through the intro.
1: No, we did not. How are I'm you, Mark.
0: Mark? Oh, I'm fine. I'm with Kate. I never got through that part. Yes.
1: <laughs> Happy Super Bowl Sunday to you.
0: Happy Super Bowl Sunday. That's what we were getting all giggly about beforehand. Kate yes. is very excited for the halftime show today.
1: Yes. I was doing a Snoop Dogg impression. And so da, 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 da. I'm so <laughs> excited. I'm so excited about halftime. I put together a playlist this week. I sent it to friends to listen to. I don't know very much, Kendrick, but I'm believing that Kendrick will play Tupac in California Love at the beginning of the show. So that's what I think is gonna happen. I don't think we're gonna have a hologram, but I do think it's going to be spectacular. So
0: I am ambivalent. <laughs> about the whole thing uh, And actually was just okay. telling Kate beforehand I think this will be the first time That I can ever remember Maybe the first time in my 40 plus years That I won't actually see the Super Bowl Because <laughs> my wife scheduled something else over it And you know what? I don't care anymore So okay. uh, not a big deal Actually I think we'll, we'll catch the second half At some at friend's house But uh, okay. anyway
1: well, uh, I do want to talk about the NFL though Mark Is that okay?
0: Yeah, that's what we call in the podcasting business a transition.
1: (laughs) Yes, and I have two big stories about the NFL, and I'm going to brush past quickly the third major story that's come out since our last episode, and that is the Flores suit where a black man, black Hispanic man applied to be a head coach and did not get selected for the head coach position there involves a little bit of bill belichick so it makes a really juicy story Um, but this is an explosive suit he really did make sure that he never has a career in the nfl again uh, which as our friend john hyman points out likely to be retaliatory but it's hard to pinpoint on that particular one And if you've spent any time in recruiting in the last 10 years, I want to say, you are familiar with the concept of the Rooney Rule, which requires NFL teams to interview at least one black or person of color individual in the hiring of coaches, which, while admirable, has not really moved the needle on making sure more people of color and women are in positions within the NFL.
0: Yeah, I think we both think that that is a really interesting and big story and actually bigger, worth worth it, an entire larger segment on a future podcast. So we will be coming back to that. And then you can hear my opining on how the Flores, <laughs> uh how it relates to climate change. I'll yes. just leave you with that teaser.
1: <laughs> Excellent. But I want to talk about sexual harassment.
0: You always um, want to talk about that, Kate.
1: I do, because... As people have described me, I am a TNA lawyer, and I want to talk about TNA. So we've got two big stories coming out of the NFL. One involves my personal favorite NFL owner of all time, because this man is just so awful. There isn't an effective word to describe how awful he is. And his name is Dan Snyder, the owner of the now-named Washington Commanders formerly a racial slur, now the Washington Commanders. And if you've paid attention to this podcast for the last two years, we've at least talked about the Washington franchise a couple of other times. But we have new allegations against Mr. Snyder, um, coming out of, of all things, a congressional roundtable. So Congress, in its infinite wisdom, held a congressional roundtable with a bunch of employees of the Washington Commanders or former employees of that franchise. And during the congressional roundtable, two women who were both in marketing, one was marketing events coordinator, another was um, a marketing director, described incidents where the Washington Commanders team, in particular the owner, was involved in sexual harassment. One where at an event he put his hand on a woman's leg and then tried to forcibly push her into a limousine, which was uh, connected to, or at least, uh, how would you say? He wrote a letter, somebody else wrote a letter in favor saying that he saw this happen. And then another employee.
0: So there was a witness, is, um, is what you're saying.
1: There was a witness. Yes, there's a witness to it. So that was provided into the congressional roundtable. And the marketing director described a party in Colorado with team executives where prostitutes were hired to be the entertainment for the party. One of the other allegations by, by that first employee was that there was a calendar created with a picture of her in lingerie. And he, Dan Snyder, requested an enlarged, unedited photo of her in the lingerie to be delivered to his office. Just so flipping gross, right?
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> that's that's a lot there. Um, though I was going to comment, I know that uh, K-8 Bish Law uh, hires <laughs> prostitutes for for its parties, And so, you know, I just uh, be careful, (laughs) Kate, you know, about casting aspersions on on others.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I don't hire them to be prostitutes. I might hire them to work the party in a legit role. I don't check to see if anybody was a prostitute. Hey, I'm going to hire you. Have you ever solicited sex? Um, Okay, so (laughs) that's Dan Snyder. (laughs) Now... The Washington commander decided to hire a former California judge and U.S. attorney to investigate these new allegations. However, Roger Goodell, who we will have words about Mr. Goodell here in a moment, says, "Nah, we're going to hire our own investigator to go look into this. Now, my favorite part of this is we have known about Dan Schneider for so flipping long. None of this is revelatory about his behavior. The cheerleaders often talked about how he requested additional pictures, etc. So we're just kicking the can down the road for Mr. Snyder. So,
0: off awesome. So do you awesome. think that he he approved the name Commander so that he can get away with trying to say, <laughs> I am the commander of everyone here and you have to do anything I say?
1: Uh, I don't know if that's... I'm sure it's a bonus. <laughs> I'm sure it's, it's a, bonus. a bonus for him.
0: I mean, yes. I know you're never going to make anybody happy with a team name, but what the hell?
1: <laughs> well, you know, the Pentagon's right there. And
0: uh, uh, they yeah. want a new
1: stadium in Northern California, in northern Virginia, which, you know, a lot of the Pentagon lives in Northern Virginia. So maybe that's why. I don't know. We'll see.
0: I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, so, I don't like. Thumbs down for me.
1: Yes. So my second story talks about women who work for the NFL writ large. So not a particular team and not a particular owner, but we're going to get down to some Goodell goodness here. And I say that with the sarcasm dripping, oozing from my face. So on February 8th, the New York Times posted a new article about being a woman working for the NFL. Now, Mark, do you want to guess how many employees the NFL has?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll guess, but I that actually <laughs> goes straight to my first thought, which my first thought was, oh, the NFL employs women. I'm <laughs> shocked. Good for them that there Good are. Um, but overall, yes. how many employees does the NFL employ? Gosh, I have no idea. Uh, I would think it's I mean, is it up in the four figures?
1: Uh, is it, is it over a
0: thousand? Eleven
1: hundred, yeah, it's eleven hundred yeah, okay. employees, which I think is pretty surprising. Um, I think teams themselves have a ton of people, but I didn't think the NFL as an as a full organization would have that many. Actually, so I was surprised at having eleven hundred. Thirty seven percent of them are women, and thirty percent. Thirty seven
0: percent—that's like three times higher than I thought it was going to be.
1: <laughs> well, they have dramatically improved their numbers since 2019. Um, But it's still only 30% of their employees are women Um, and 30% women of color. Now, in their reporting, the New York Times spoke to more than 30 women. Okay. So a solid 10% of the number of people, women who work there, they spoke to. Okay. And most of these folks said that they wanted to speak on a condition of anonymity because they were bound by non-disclosure agreements or feared that their careers would be sabotaged within the NFL overall. Okay. So we've got a big target here of NDAs limiting what they can say overall. Okay. Yep. But, and there's a big goal post in the story, which talks about the 2014 release of running back Ray Rice punching his fiancé unconscious. Do you remember this?
0: Yeah, vaguely, vaguely I do.
1: Yeah. So there was this. Video I, I hate that to was say released. that that
0: you hear stories like that so frequently that they unfortunately start to run together. Meld together. Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, I particularly remember this because I didn't watch it. I don't like to watch videos of people getting beaten up or killed, but I remember the fallout from it. That this was a really big deal. What was the NFL going to do? Because clearly he beat the shit. Out of his fiance. Um, And there was a significant amount of backlash within the NFL, within this group of employees about how to respond to this. Um, The NFL told managers to go talk to their folks about it. And one woman in particular went to talk to her team. She was a business analyst. And one of her employees, Defended Mr. Rice, saying that his fiance had egged him on, and that it was probably like that's why she became unconscious be- is because he egged her or she egged him on, and
0: that that's always the- a good excuse to beat the shit out of somebody when <laughs> oh they egg God. you on. That really, I, yes. I I I buy into that theory fully.
1: Okay, so <laughs> guess what he is done then shortly after. He's promoted. Of course. (laughs) Of course he is. Okay. So then there's another video that comes out with another player and his player, this player, um, was Kansas city running back Kareem hunt, shoving a woman and kicking her while she was on the ground. And in this article, it talks about how the vice president of human resources said, that's just a guy being stupid, and it's not as bad as Ray Rice, a female vice president of human resources.
0: That's okay. That's okay. Okay. Not so okay. So in
1: response, right? Oh, so bad. Okay. So in response to this, and this gets into the good old goodness for me. Okay, is that the NFL organizes a panel in the spring of 2019. Um, for its internal women's interactive network, okay, drawing criticism because of who participated and what they said. Now, in this particular event, there's video that the Times has, okay. And Skinner Goodell, the commissioner's wife, Roger's wife, Skinner, who is also Skinner. Uh, no, her name Jane Skinner Goodell. So I'm using. Oh, both got it. That's a name.
0: hyphenated last. I thought the first name was Skinner, like principal Skinner. <laughs> No, 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 no. No
1: Um, Jane Skinner Goodell, the commissioner's wife and a former Fox News anchor, okay, which already gives me chills, and included Charlotte Jones, the executive vice president for the Dallas Cowboys and daughter of infamous owner, another infamous owner, Jerry Jones. Skinner and Goodell asked the women on her panel to offer advice to women about how to navigate cultural shifts brought on by the Me Too movement. Jones began saying that men are being unfairly tarnished and that there are unbelievable gentlemen within the Cowboys organizations who are afraid to be in a meeting by themselves with another woman. And that hurts us. She said, I have a lot of sympathy for men right now, which makes me want to respond with violence. That is how statements like that. make. That's how
0: we got (laughs) into this conversation in the first place. Kate.
1: I know, I know, but it, I will reduce the urge. I don't have to take anger management. But um, some of the women noted the dissonance and being advised on workplace advancement by relatives of two of the league's most powerful men. Duh. Duh. Okay, like,
0: <laughs> <what>? Duh.
1: <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. Now, the article starts off with a and ends with a situation leading up to the halftime show in 2020 where a senior manager gets into an argument with a woman shoves her and in response the NFL says he didn't shove her but he took they took responsibilities away from him for overseeing halftime shows and kept him in the same position but sent him to anger management courses so but he,
0: but he didn't shove her
1: no, no, he didn't shove her. But, yes, we're going to give him those kinds of consequences. Right, that doesn't seem to not make any sense. Right, for not shoving
0: her. Yeah, hmm
1: Yeah. So, cool. um, again, I am very excited for the Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige concert in the middle of sports ball today. So, that's how I'm feeling.
0: Don't Sad not Sad <laughs>
1: I played some of my music and like, I remember the words and the lyrics to this way better than I anticipated I would. So I'm going to be fine today.
0: Well, everybody enjoyed the Super Bowl or by the time you hear this, it will have already happened. (laughs) So I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to awkwardly transition over to (laughs) some non NFL related things. Uh, I have two stories to share. Uh, that I'm going to do kind of, uh, back to back here and on their face, they'd have nothing to do with each other, but I think there may be, there may be some similarities between the two that are, that are fun to talk about. Um, or at least in terms okay. of the issues that are, arise from them. So I'm going to start with one, uh, hat tip to Joey Landry, one of our listeners, uh, for sending this to us. Uh, and this is excerpted from a Washington post article from February 8th. Uh, And I've taken some liberties with the article, but that's where I'm largely getting the information from. So Edward Parker (laughs) started bartending at the Lodge Hualapai in Las Vegas part time in in October 2019, along with a couple of other bars owned by the same company. And he was, uh, quote unquote, extremely happy there. He earned the best money he'd ever made, he said, despite having to work shifts at the lodge until 7 a.m. So, uh It's a city
1: that never sleeps.
0: That's right. I mean, even more than New York. Right. Thank you. Okay. I was going to be like, (laughs) that's New York. But, yeah, Vegas (laughs) doesn't sleep either. All right. In the early morning of December 4th, 2020, so we're back about a year and a half, you know, more than a year ago, uh, Mr. Parker was in the final leg of his shift at at the Las Vegas bar when a man walked in, pointed a gun at him, and demanded no. all of the cash on hand. Parker said okay. he only made brief eye contact with the robber, but knew the man was dead serious about getting that money. So he did what he said his managers told him to do if he was ever in that situation. He handed over the money and then called the police. Uh notably the gunman, I mean, this it was violent. He took the money out of the, the cash registers. He forced Parker to kneel on the floor with his hands on his head uh, and made off with almost $4,000. A few hours later, still traumatized, Parker found himself in an office in front of the owner and a senior leader of the bar and restaurant. Parker told them what had happened, but his bosses pulled out a repayment form and gave him an what? ultimatum. Sign it, or lose your job. Fearing termination, Parker agreed to allow regular $300 deductions from his paycheck until the full amount was reimbursed.
1: $300 per paycheck?
0: Following the robbery, Parker, this is shocking, Parker suffered major anxiety. And panic attacks at the lodge, especially toward the end of his shift when the theft took place. Moreover, every time he saw the $300 deducted from his paycheck, he was reminded of the incident. About oh, a week...
1: Hold on. Okay, I'm going to call a little BS on that, because who looks at their paycheck?
0: I think a lot of people do, <laughs> actually.
1: <laughs> I, but isn't it direct deposited, and is he really looking at he, a It may or may. Like... I
0: mean, I think you're making some assumptions there about okay. how he gets his paycheck, but... I I mean, spoiler just, alert, some of this is what he says in his lawsuit.
1: Okay. Well, and I will also say that my reaction to that is in part to every HR person who has had to explain how to get a W-2 out of a payroll system over the past six
0: weeks. Right. Fair, <laughs> so- fair enough. Fair enough. There are still a lot of people who look every week at their paycheck. That Anyway, so... But he knows it's happening either way. Okay. okay. Notably, about a week after the robbery, police arrested two suspects in the holdup. And there was no evidence that Parker was in on it or had anything to do with it. So I think that there's any any inclination to think... Maybe he, they're having him repay it because they thought he was in cahoots with them or anything. Okay, there's okay. no allegation of that. There's no evidence to support anything of the sort. After about six months, he'd worked long enough to fully repay the money that had been stolen. But in July 2021, after he returned from a scheduled vacation, a senior manager told him that he was being demoted to an on-call position, though uh, the article also references some evidence that there may have been a scheduling mix-up related to his vacation, that led to this action. I don't have any more information about that. So, but I think, you know, he's saying as soon as effectively, I took this vacation. As soon as I effectively paid the money back Mm -hmm. is when this happens. So, uh, all right, let me, I lost my spot here now. All right. Um, either way, whether it was a mix up or not, after Parker objected to the demotion, uh, no one from the lodge had any further contact with him at all. So he never got scheduled for another shift. Effectively,
1: oh, okay.
0: The whole ordeal left Parker so upset that he eventually left Las Vegas for Massachusetts, and moved away.
1: Leave in Las Vegas? Yeah, Okay.
0: Yep. Hi. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, now uh, Parker is suing to get the four thousand dollars back in a lawsuit filed uh, February first in Clark County, Nevada. I always get that. Is it Nevada? Nevada? I they, I always get corrected because I say it wrong. I think it's Nevada. Well,
1: especially since you live in Oregon, Oregon. Oregon, it's Oregon. Or,
0: it's or, Oregon. But people call it Oregon. <laughs> anyway. You should um,
1: sympathize with Nevada.
0: Oh, 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 I'm not. I I, I want to do it right. <laughs> I want to get it right. I don't want to. I don't, you know, just like I want people to not say Oregon. Um. <laughs> So he alleges uh, that the lodge's managers coerced him into signing the reimbursement agreement and then wrongfully fired him after the amount was paid. Quote, I'm convinced that they meant to terminate him all along, but wanted him to repay the money. And as soon as he did, he was let go, his attorney said. It's not legal and okay. it's not right. In I'm addition sorry, to how the. Was
1: it not legal?
0: Well, wait a second, <laughs> Kate. Okay. In addition to the nearly $4,000 taken from Parker's paychecks, the lawsuit asked for further damages, calling the firing a wrongful termination. So, question for uh, okay. you. Assuming the allegations here are true, I think probably we can both agree that this employer is terrible. Yes. Okay. And that you, listener, should never... Do yeah. this to one of your employees. Uh, this is like, don't do it. Terrible employer. I I don't know if this gets on John <laughs> Hyman's worst employer list, but they're awful no. and we don't like them. But we're here no. to talk law. Yeah.
1: So this so- would be... um unlawful under minnesota law minnesota has a specific statute that says you cannot force an employee to repay things that include things that have been stolen from you um and so for state for minnesota this would be unlawful i just don't know if that's true in nevada
0: so yeah all right so first question which you anticipated well is requiring the employee to engage in a wage repayment or deduction program illegal I think the answer that I would look at under federal law would be it's probably okay so long as it doesn't dip yeah. the employee under the minimum wage.
1: Yes. Which where where I get the $300, like that's a lot. For that a part-time bartender
0: him. could be an issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I want to note that. But you also anticipated, well, the other point I want to make there, which is watch your state laws. Neither of us are are a Nevada uh Lawyer, no, I don't. I'm. I could go look it up, but you know, I'm not well, going to do that. No, so, but no, in that's... Oregon, this would be not okay. In Minnesota, this would not be okay. I have to think that in California, it probably isn't okay. <laughs> uh, New York, maybe, sure, but probably, we, yeah. you know, there's probably a handful of states we're doing something like this. There, it might be more regulated or simply not permitted, and so right. there could be an issue there.
1: Well, well, and the. The part, Nevada in and of itself has some very employee friendly laws. For example, you can't pre-employment test for marijuana uh, or not use Mm. the test in Nevada. So that would be one. So I suspect there could be, but I just don't know. But in general, under federal law, there doesn't seem to be anything that would prohibit this from what my understanding is.
0: Yeah. All right. Which leads us to question two. Based solely on what we know from this article, we don't have a copy of the complaint. Could the termination itself be illegal? All right. And I want to assume, let's assume for the moment that the termination was not for the scheduling mix-up, but was ultimately because mm-hmm. of the robbery. Could it be retaliation? If so, what was the protected activity? Could it be discrimination? I see no allegation that it's based on any particular protected class to me i think both of those are probably not in the picture so that leaves us with what the lawyer said is a violation of public policy do you think they can get there on that this strikes me as pretty pretty lame pretty weak on the legal side
1: yeah that's that's really tenuous now against public policy would be if you know there's a law that someone could kind of interpret a particular way not that there's like you know if the law is don't steal and somebody steals and then i report somebody stole well i reported illegal activity public policy is i think it could be unlawful i think it's against where public policy generally falls so, right. so that's one where- could
0: one could conceive of a public policy that says that employers shouldn't punish employees and have them pay things back that they didn't take. Yeah. Right. So you theory. could but in theory, but I don't know that I've ever heard that public policy articulated because it's very specific. Maybe there's a broader public policy that could be articulated in certain states, maybe you can get mm-hmm. there. But I maybe. I still think it's a stretch.
1: Yeah. Notwithstanding. And, yeah.
0: Don't do that. Don't make your employees pay like this guy like I feel so bad for this guy. I don't know that he yes. has legal recourse.
1: No. The the other part of me that that is confused here, and maybe that's why this particular claim is brought, is to get it into district court. A $4,000 repayment, should this should be in conciliation court. That's where this is properly housed. Yeah so, yeah, so
0: they're probably trying to get it into a... Although it was brought in Clark County, so it's not brought in federal court. It was brought in... No, no,
1: no, no. I mean, but it's in state court. I mean, in, even in a district state court, this isn't does it reach the general thresholds that that you have to claim so much damage to get it into district court as opposed to being yeah, a I mean, if they're court. calling
0: it wrongful termination, they can they can put enough at issue there to to get it out of yeah. out of what's effectively small claims.
1: Yep, yeah, exactly. Ah, oh, interesting. Okay. All right.
0: So here's another story. Uh this I found You know, in my in my panicked scramble to find content in the 45 minutes before we (laughs) podcast, because we're a very scripted and intentional podcast. Uh, Uh, I found this this morning on Reddit and I found it uh, reposted to the anti work subreddit, which if you if you ever have some time and want to. Go scour Reddit. The anti-work subreddit is uh, pretty awesome. And uh, there's a a lot of fodder for this podcast there. Uh, But it had been reposted actually from the employment law subreddit.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: This happened, I believe, in Pennsylvania. Uh, The the header is employee, me, stuck in building. (laughs) Okay. I work at a fast food restaurant inside of a Walmart. I closed the gate door for closing procedures, did my closing duties, and now as I try to leave the gate, as I try to leave, sorry, I'm reading this, it doesn't always have commas in the right place. And now as I try to leave, the gate door is seized. It will not open. I have tried, and others on the outside of the door have tried. It is not that I am just too weak. I open and close this door five times a week. I called my manager... And was told I'll be stuck here at least all night long, if not longer, if they can't get the door open in the morning. There's no emergency exit in the restaurant. There is inside the Walmart, but I can't leave the restaurant. There's no windows either. (laughs) Am I entitled to wages for all the time stuck in here? Do I have any legal recourse for this? If I had some sort of medical emergency in here, I'm not sure what I'd do. I have diagnosed anxiety disorder, and this is certainly making it worse. Yeah. Edit. We have, we're have we going to have three edits here, so this was edit one. <laughs> I called the Walmart head manager. He said, unfortunately, there's nothing he can personally do aside from call my boss. I called my boss myself and said, if they can't get down here and open the door, I'm going to call the fire department and have them open it. My boss made it very clear that I am not to call the fire department as they will ruin the door and they will be here first thing in the morning. If I'm no, fired no. <laughs> what eh, I did Oh my god. I didn't say we had a good employer here. <laughs> 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 oh if I'm fired god. for calling the fire department to get out is that wrongful termination? I did call them as my boss refused to come in again. Here's to hoping I don't lose my job. Edit uh, mm-hmm. Yes, Kate. Your Kate's raising. This your hand. one
1: is definitely a wrongful termination against public policy. I think calling the fire department to rescue you up, like I, this one clearly Okay, so Kate, you're anticipating
0: that. some of where I'm going on this, okay? Yes. Uh but there's more. Okay. So, edit 2. The <laughs> Fireman Chief, I don't know his actual title, the guy in charge of the men who showed up from the fire department. Called my boss and told him if he doesn't come in and get something in action, like calling a door technician or a locksmith or something, they will be cutting up the door. So he's coming in. So that (laughs) got him to come in. Great guy here. So he's coming in and going to figure something out, and some of the fire department will be staying until I'm confirmed out. If it's going to take an unreasonable amount of time with the solution he chooses, they're just going to cut me out anyway due to safety concerns. Thank you, everyone. Because at this point, our poster has seen many comments on Reddit. Okay. Final edit. Final edit. Thank you, everyone, for the concern. I am out and in my car now. Unfortunately (laughs) for my boss and the store owners, the door had to be cut as no locksmiths were available. And door, door techs wouldn't be there until tomorrow afternoon. And it's 10 p.m. my time. If I am fired for this event uh i may make a second post referencing this one i haven't seen another post uh okay. at this point i am sure something will be done about there being no emergency exit in the restaurant the fire chief was not happy about that i've never had to call 911 or anything before and was very hesitant but all the comments suggesting so eased my mind and i w- e- eased my mind that i wasn't being over dramatic tldr thank you i'm safe now okay kate Aww. so <laughs> Yes. You anticipated one question here, right? uh uh-huh. Would she have, could she have legal recourse if they'd left her there overnight?
1: Yes. This is certainly. Or if they fired
0: her for. for yes. Yeah.
1: For, for firing, for calling the fire department. Right. I think that one's absolutely a termination against public policy. I think
0: she'd, I think she'd also have a potential false imprisonment sort of argument oh. on a tort side of things as well, just yes. because they knew and they left her and, and were like, no, we'll come get you in the morning. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know why I actually just uh, randomly assigned female gender to this poster, and I actually Person. don't have a <laughs> uh, reason for that. But in my head, I don't know why that's what it was. So anyway, um, but okay, so I think we're both in agreement that there's a couple of potential legal claims here. Mm-hmm. My other question similar to our other case that we just talked about. Could they require her to pay for the door?
1: No. No, 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 no.
0: So they could require our bartender from the prior scenario to repay back, theoretically, uh, the stolen money. But here, they can't require this employee to pay for the door that got damaged.
1: No, well, okay, I guess yes, they could, I should say. Yes, they should. Would it be could.
0: illegal for them no, to do they so? Should. No,
1: I well, don't think Of course
0: they illegal. shouldn't, right? Oh, sorry. Like, I, <laughs> let me be clear. Of course they shouldn't. Of course they shouldn't. Right? These have already yeah. both been demonstrated to be morally bankrupt, <laughs> awful employers who don't care about their employees and do terrible things. Okay? Yes. So we're not coming at it from that angle. Of course no, they shouldn't. No. Would it be illegal no. if they did?
1: I don't. Well, you have to be under state law again. Minnesota would say you can't do that, um, but under federal law, I think they probably could.
0: I mean, do it. They maybe sort of could. I think. I think that's probably going to be a pretty big bill, uh, yes. and you've got an employee here who works at a fast food restaurant in a Walmart. Uh, yep. I'm guessing that this individual is making minimum wage or just above, uh, yeah. and there'd be a very, very limited amount if you were to go down that path that you could take out without getting into, I think some serious issues around minimum wage.
1: A- absolutely. I 100% agree with you there. Um, and I think she should go find a different job.
0: Well, I yes. Gonna- I, you know, I think, <laughs> I think in both cases, right. I mean, uh, you know, it's fun. It's, funny, not funny, haha, but funny, you know, that in the other, you know, the, the, the the Las Vegas article, you know, this happened right early in the pandemic and he was worried because he had a job and he didn't want to lose mm-hmm. his job. If right. this just happened this week, you know, to this individual <laughs> in Pennsylvania at the fast food restaurant, I would tell them, you know, get out of there. Like your manager clearly right. doesn't care about you. Like. And you happen to be in the best job market ever, at least in our lifetimes, for employees, uh, you'll find something else uh, and find something else, hopefully, where, you know, uh, it may be too much to ask for somebody who actually legitimately cares about you and treats you nicely, but, uh, you know, isn't going to leave you abandoned in in a Chick-fil-A overnight.
1: (laughs) More likely a a Burger King, but yes. so. Yeah. They you know, no, have Chick-fil-A no in
0: Pennsylvania, you know.
1: No. Well, I don't know if they do in a Walmart. That's why I think it's probably oh. more Burger King or McDonald's. I, this this so. may
0: this may shock you and or many of our listeners. I have never been in a Walmart <laughs> ever. <laughs>
1: hey, I live in Minnesota. I try to avoid them with all get out cuz we're loyal Target people. But.
0: Yeah, I, well, right I mean I've been in Target many many times, but I've never you know, part of that may be just to keep that streak going, and part of it may just be not to reward the Walmart family. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I've never been in one. So I don't know what kinds of fast food joints they have inside of Walmart.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, good to know. Now, I have a bit of breaking news for you. Okay. Ready? Uh, President Biden will sign the bill that prohibits mandatory arbitration for sexual harassment and sexual assault for employers. So that is really big news. It passed the Senate, um, which a little bit shocked me. But um, so that is breaking news. Really happy about this. I saw um, it that. Was just Fully signed, uh, or not fully signed, but fully passed through on Friday. And so it's sent for his signature. Um, Someone who I do not respect a great deal, but who worked really hard on this particular topic is Gretchen Carlson. And so she should be applauded. Um, Our original, or well, I should not say our original, but um, the first person to author it in the um, Senate was my former Senator Al Franken. So he and Gretchen worked very carefully together and closely together to make sure that this could happen. And I'm proud to say it did. So bye-bye, uh, mandatory arbitration.
0: Yeah, as a um, policy matter, I I am right there with you. I'm curious. I haven't looked at this much, and, and you may not know, but uh, how does this uh, work with the Federal Arbitration Act? Or does it actually amend the Federal Arbitration Act? Amends. Okay. Amends great. That's that's the way I would uh, go about doing it. And I happen happen to be in certain contexts. uh, I think uh, arbitration, mandatory arbitration for certain things for employers uh, can be a great tool for employers and have recommended that they do that. I've never actually recommended one on harassment sort of claim. And I, uh, you know, I, I actually, Dennis and I used to talk about this on the podcast, we are both not really big fans of arbitration generally, uh, because mm-hmm. we we feel like it's no less expensive uh, uh, than than uh, litigation, and uh, you'll rarely find an arbitrator that doesn't split the baby. And on things like right. this, babies shouldn't be split.
1: No, well, and it, it's
0: I mean, I mean it's let's be clear to the extent you could interpret that that I think any baby should be split. <laughs> I don't mean that literally.
1: <laughs> Only when they're conjoined twins should maybe they be split.
0: Okay, um, yes, but- yes, <laughs> yes. But no individual baby or child should be separated be into split. more than one piece. <laughs>
1: Good, good, good. So I just wanted to make, make that point because it is big news for employment attorneys. I'm not yes. sure it is making the rounds within HR so that folks are aware of this. Thank um, you. But this would be both in your employment agreement at the outset of employment and also in your agreements at severance or separation. So be mindful that those arbitration pieces cannot include sexual harassment or sexual assault. So Yep. Huh. I just wouldn't necessarily recommend them overall. Anyway. Yeah. And but, now that, now so that we uh,
0: are talking about uh, dismembering children, uh, I believe you have <laughs> a, a word of caution about our next segment.
1: Yes. So we are going to talk about Tesla in our next segment. And the allegations brought by the Department of Fair Employment and Housing in the state of California are horrific. I am going to use not all, but some of the racial epithets that have been said to employees. And so I want to give people a word of caution that you're going to hear me say things. I do not endorse anything that these say, but they're also just awful things to say. But in order to tell the story, you have to hear some of them. So I want to give everybody that warning. Okay. So I am not a fan of Elon Musk. I think SpaceX is amazing. I wish he was not involved in SpaceX whatsoever. I am also a very proud owner of an electric vehicle, but I would never buy a Tesla, Um, mostly for the things that we've already known, but also the things that come out of this lawsuit. It is horrific, okay? So let's get into it. So Tesla is sued on February 9th by the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing. and So that's just just for
0: context. The DFEH is basically the state agency in California. That's the corollary to the EEOC. So most states have that, right? Just like the EEOC can bring a lawsuit against somebody, against an employer on behalf of an an employee, the DFEH does the same thing uh, at the state level in California.
1: And I will say the DFEH is relatively well-funded. It has a significant workforce and a lot of attorneys. Um, And so kind of unlike, I would say, the EEOC in many respects, the DFEH is can be more effective because it has support from the state overall. Um, so I, I want to say that because when you get a lawsuit from the EEOC or a department like the DFEH, that's serious. Like to spend the resources to sue out from a agency perspective, that's a big deal. Yeah, the agencies
0: like, typically don't bring the claim unless they're pretty darn sure that it's egregious and they're going to win.
1: Right. Um, and so, even when you get a you know a probable cause finding, it is relatively unlikely that an agency is going to initiate the lawsuit. They're going to say, "Here are a bunch of claimant attorneys, go find somebody." But when right. they initiate the lawsuit, BFG or BFD, okay, really big fucking deal,
0: okay, big friendly giant.
1: No, so, <laughs> I always get that confused, and so when I see that movie, I always like think it's a big fucking deal, and I'm like, oh, well, you're a giant. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So Tesla has 80,000 direct workers worldwide and over 36,000 workers just in California. And what we're going to talk about is their facility in Fremont, um, California, which where most of the allegations come from. Okay. Yep. The 36 page complaint filed by the DFEH goes through a litany of really egregious behavior, talking about constant use of the N-word and other racial slurs that employees have complained that swastikas, the words KKK, the N-word, and other racist writings are etched into the walls of restrooms, restroom stalls, lunch tables, and even factory machinery. This includes words like referring to black employees as porch monkeys, hood rats, lazy coons um, that can be found frequently throughout the partic- this particular factory. Elon Musk himself has told employees that they need to be, quote unquote, thick skinned when it comes to issues of race discrimination. Okay. Ugh.
0: No, The complaint not okay.
1: describes a segregated workforce where more Black employees work on one side of the facility, which is called the dark side. And this is the porch monkey station. And employees with Confederate flag tattoos are encouraged to show them off. You'll hear other racial slurs like Negrita. They will talk about things being on the plantation and that certain employees are slaves. One employee described hearing racial epithets and slurs between 50 and 100 times per day. They were told that they would be snitches for complaining and that the only employees they saw cleaning floors on their hands and knees would be black employees. White employees never did that. Okay. When, they, when employees complained about a heavy workload, managers would say that they need some blacks on this line and that one told an employee that he was better suited for more labor-intensive work because of his race. And when he requested a transfer, he was told by a manager, don't get your hopes up. And then later, a white coworker was given that transfer. Um, Tesla's overall program for promotions was very opaque, and often Black employees were were suggested that they were more operatives than they were likely to be promoted. I'm going to read you paragraph 45 of the complaint. The problems of race harassment and discrimination were widely known by defendants, management, representatives, and human resources department, more on that in a second, Uh, because workers As early as 2012, black or African-American workers frequently complained about alleged harassers, defendants, leads, supervisors, managers, staffing agency representatives, and defendants, human resources department. They claimed about the daily pervasive use of the N-word and other racial slurs, the racist graffiti in shared places the racially segregated work areas, and more physically strenuous assignments, the dangerous working conditions, and the refusal of managers to rotate them off these physical demanding posts as required. They also spoke about how they were taunted with racist comments and baited into verbal and physical confrontations where they were the only ones subjected to discipline and were more harshly disciplined. They also complained about unjustified negative reviews, the over scrutiny, the disproportionately severe discipline and denial of promotions and other professional opportunities, and even the futility of complaining. So this suit overall intends to represent the Black experience at Tesla. And while in Discovery, now that we're in litigation, we will learn the names, we will get the, or the lawsuit will include the names and the individuals will testify. So it'll be more pinpointed. But on the same date that the lawsuit was filed, Tesla made a statement on its blog and came out saying that all of this stuff is not true, that we take this very seriously, and then makes two statements which belie their belief. One statement is Tesla is also the last remaining automobile manufacturer in California. Who the fuck cares? (laughs)
0: Well, I mean,, you don't want them to leave the state. so uh, you have to make allowances for them. yeah, Kate, you have to make allowances for them. That's clearly what they're trying to tell you Good. with that
1: right. Like that hints that you should let this go because we're the last automobile manufacturer I mean, in if we leave
0: like, if we leave and move to Texas, then you know,
1: yeah, I really want to talk sorry, to Sorry, California, you. okay. The next sentence in the the blog post also gives me pause. The Fremont factory has a majority-minority workforce and provides the best paying jobs in the automotive industry to over 30,000 Californians. Just using the phrase majority-minority workforce gives you a hint of how fucking out of touch they are. Like, it makes no sense. If you are talking about how you are not a racist organization or that you are promoting inclusivity, you're using the word minority to describe your workforce. Like what? That doesn't make any sense to me. So this it, makes me really upset.
0: It also reads to me to say, well, we pay them really well. So yeah. it's cool. it's cool. It's all yes. cool.
1: Yes. So now I, long time ago, well, maybe just two years ago. Um, or I don't The last know the, two years are like pandemic. 20,
0: though. The last two years are yeah, like 20. Exactly.
1: But I said I would never recommend a client hire an HR person coming out of Uber because of what we knew about what was happening at Uber. If there was an HR person who was working there, you know that they are not likely to really raise red flags. Well, the lawsuit gets into the HR department at Tesla, at this particular facility, and tells us the ratio of employees to HR professionals. you want to guess at how many people each HR representative has, what that ratio is?
0: Oh, I'm guessing you're going to say it's some outrageously high number, but I don't know.
1: Yeah. In 2020, the ratio is about one HR member to 740 workers. Yep there's just no way an HR team can keep up with what's happening
0: they I hate to have... say it, I mean I I don't know that that ratio is off from what a lot of large companies do because they try to cut those corners on yeah. on mm-hmm. office staff and you know the the, the the kind of fixed costs of 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 the corporate structure uh, but that's yeah I mean it's outrageous it doesn't surprise me at all mm-hmm. I think it's very common. only
1: 30 Well, I don't think it's, I don't think 700 is a normal ratio, though. I think it's smaller than that. I don't, I'm not saying, I think it's like maybe 300 in large manufacturing, but 700 is just outstanding. Like that is so many. They only have 33 HR professionals and managers to serve the 19,916 workers in California, which at that time is one to every 604. But in 2020, it raised to one to 740. Like, oh my God. So yep, yeah. it's just like, that's just outstanding. No HR person can give the kind of attention they need to that true many people.
0: but I would still say if these things are coming up and let's say even ten percent of what's in that complaint is true like and and that HR knew about it, even at that ratio they need to be screaming their heads off
1: heads off uh, yep. to and
0: Absolutely. and maybe maybe there will be evidence in the lawsuit that will show that they did and weren't listened did. to uh, but. Yep. Uh, you know, as an HR or or employment lawyer for them, I would be, I would be bringing this, I would be making as many waves internally as I could, even with even at a fraction, a small fraction of what yeah. you just right. And and you know, I never take it for granted that anything in a complaint is actually uh, true. Uh, true, but they must to bring a complaint like that. They must have some pretty significant. Uh, Information and evidence, and a a long line of people lined up to testify about it. And uh, frankly, you know, uh, while I think many of us have lost our capacity to be shocked in these days, it's been a long time since I've seen any sort of lawsuit that raises such systemic. You know, I I see that sort of thing. (laughs) Around yes. a single manager, or around a couple of managers, or in a small company, where you know, but at a company with, that's that large with that many people, and it impacts mm-hmm. so many people, you don't, you just don't see that sort of thing anymore. No, because it would come to light faster. I, I, so, yes. so I, I have some questions. I'll be very interested to hear about how the case goes, uh, if it's really what they're saying, and and I hope it's not, uh, but I fear that it is. And it's that's, well, and that's we've terrible.
1: Heard, yeah, we've heard drips and drabs of this over time coming out of the Fremont facility. Um, but this was a culmination of a 32-month investigation. So the bulk of which handled over the pandemic. But still, it is 32 months they have been dealing with this. Um, their DFEH has been you know, itemizing their evidence about this. So this is a really big deal. So
0: Yeah. Uh, on that cheery note, (laughs) I know, uh, let's finish up with a listener story. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've got a couple, but you know, we have a lot of listeners and we don't get a lot of emails. So (laughs) y'all, uh, hwe podcast at gmail.com. Can you, can you send us stuff? Yeah, we're getting a lot of good stories and keep that up, please. Uh, or news stories that people are linking to are asking us uh, to talk about specific things. And I use a lot of them, uh, whether I call you out by name or not, I do use a lot of them, uh, but uh, more listener stories to finish up with. I think these, these they're just a highlight for us. And I think for everybody who <laughs> listens, but we can't do them if we don't get them. So send them mm-hmm. our way. Uh, today we have uh, an anonymous listener story. Hi, Mark and Kate. I love the show. Thanks for making me laugh and teaching me so much every day. Woo! I finally have a story and question for you. I have been slowly catching up on episodes. I finally listened to the one about the employee stalker. I was trying to remember back. Uh. That's part of the problem for me is like, <laughs> I don't remember everything that we did. So I, I'm sure we've talked about a stalker. I don't know how far uh-huh. back you are, so I don't, I, I don't know if you remember a stalker <laughs> story, Kate. But I was trying to think about that. I'm like, well, I'm not going to go back and listen to, like, all the episodes <laughs> to remember which story that was. But okay. Uh, great. But great. We got to the employee stalker story. I did an investigation similar to that one, and our outcome never sat right with me. The story. A gentleman. We'll call him Joe. Mm-hmm. Came to us claiming he saw a drug ring happening on our floor. This is a warehouse. Okay. He gave us three male employee names and said there was a female employee, but he wanted to protect her. Hmm. We spent over a week looking through camera footage to prove that there were exchanges to actually investigate. And yes, there was something happening. After we were able to prove that something was going on, we interviewed the three men. They immediately told us that it was betel nut that they were exchanging on the floor. That's, that's a new one for Which me.
1: Tobacco, chewing tobacco, right?
0: Because, well, Kate, it's funny you ask because I saw that. And I'm like, <laughs> what is this? What and is so that? I printed out a what little bit beetle- about betel nut. <laughs> betel nut is the nut that comes. I was like, I was so glad you asked that because you just teed it up. Betel nut is the nut <laughs> that comes from a plant called areca. A-R-E-C-A. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It is sometimes used to make medicine. Betel nut is chewed alone or in the form of quids, a mixture of tobacco, powdered or sliced betel nut, and other ingredients. Betel nut is used to treat schizophrenia, a group of eye <laughs> disorders that can lead to vision loss like glaucoma, poor digestion, and many other conditions. But there's no good scientific evidence to support th- these uses. Using betel nut might also be unsafe. Some people use betel nut as a recreational drug because it speeds up the central nervous system. That's what I've got for you. I don't want my central.
1: I don't want my central nervous system sped up.
0: Yeah, it's already fast enough.
1: Yep. mm -hmm. Yeah. So (laughs) okay.
0: So uh, So, oh,
1: it's okay that we're trading betel nut on the floor. Okay.
0: Well, okay. I mean, I don't know that there's a problem with it. I mean, if it's getting specifically because it's beetle nut. I mean, I don't think it's illegal or anything. Uh, but if I, I would say that there could be an issue there, if it's like taking away from doing work while they're supposed to be working. I mean, uh, I'm not sure. I love that. It's happening, but. Okay. Whatever. Okay. So they're exchanging betel nut on the floor and they knew who had made the complaint. They said that oh. Joe made the complaint because they were friends with the girl. Let's call her Sarah. And that Sarah hated Joe. Well, we pulled Sarah in and she started crying. Oh, she told us that Joe had followed her home. She had her friends walk her to her car at night because she was scared of him. Nights that she had to leave alone. uh, (coughs) Bless you. Nights that she had to leave alone. He would follow her out and harass her. He talked about how they would be getting married uh, and he would (gasps) follow her around the warehouse. This has apparently this had apparently been going on for months. We asked for witnesses, and she was able to give us four other friends, uh, and the gentlemen who were on the floor, who we'd already talked to, also told us this was true. The witnesses saw bits and pieces of the story, but it was mainly he said, she said. But when we finally sat down and talked with him about it, not only did he insult me multiple times, I am female, and I was the only female in the interview. There were two other male interviews and another male in there to translate. Uh, but he would accidentally admit to bits of the story and then change things around. Well, yeah, I went to her line and asked her if she was on vacation. And when she got back, Oh, Oh no, I was on the opposite side and talking to her friends and it just came up. We did a first written warning for a complaint made in bad faith. Uh, All the stalking behaviors were done outside the facility. So we couldn't do anything about it. And all the witnesses were her friends. So they didn't count all seven of them, including her. So, did we have enough to give him more than a first written warning and that's where that's where it ends you know and i i just start out by saying just because it happened outside the facility and just because it's all her friends doesn't mean that you discount all of it so i you know mm-hmm. it may if if you think they're all her friends you know as an investigator, this is a good good discussion of investigation, which we haven't gotten into for a while here. Right, as an investigator, you get to weigh the credibility of your witnesses. So, yeah, you may yeah. weigh those individuals uh, what they've told you slightly less because they're her friends, but it doesn't mean you just discount them all. Uh, and right. so, uh, and the fact that that the that the activity is alleged to be occurring outside the facility, well, you can take off off duty, out of facility yeah. conduct into account. Uh, in in terms of someone's employment, so I want to make sure that that is clear in terms of talking this through. Um, but in the end, I guess, Kate, do you think this merits more than a written warning?
1: Yes, I do. I don't. I don't like when employees follow other employees, whether it is to be protective or not. I, I don't like it. Um, I don't think it gets above like suspension but i don't think it's just a you shouldn't do this either i think
0: it to is... Me, this is a final written warning for me with that if you ever even yeah. so much as breathe or look near this person again in any way that could be misperceived <laughs> you're not going to work here anymore dude
1: yeah yeah that that's where i'm at i mean i it is pretty serious that he wants to be protective of her like that sends alarm that isn't bells that super
0: like a super skeevy
1: yeah that that one starts the alarm bells going off for me so yeah
0: mm-hmm. well thank you yeah. uh listener who i'm gonna keep anonymous because you never said in your message whether i could use your name <laughs> or not uh and so i yes. will keep you anonymous and wasn't creative enough this morning to come up with a fake name so um, you just are anonymous listener. Thank you for sending that again. If you've got stories to send us it, it's fun. Take the time. It takes just a couple minutes to write down your thoughts and get them on, on electronic paper and send them to us. Uh, hwepodcast at gmail.com. We are pushing over an hour here. Can you believe that? Yeah. Uh, Kate. We're, <laughs> so let's, we're going to do our goodbyes. Kate, where can folks find you?
1: K, the number 8, B-I-S is in Sam, C-H, everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, pe- website, at all. That's where you can find me. How about you? Where can we find you, Salad Pants? Uh,
0: well, you just gave it away, Kate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I should keep coming up with more, like, lettuce skirt or...
0: <laughs> or yes,
1: arugula scarf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so I'm at uh, salad pants. Those are just vegetables. They're not actually a full salad uh, that you're talking about. Uh, so
1: casserole I, jumper. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I'm like something that that combines food, you know, ingredients together, like a salad or ca- casserole is better. I like that. Uh, so I'm at, at I, salad. Oh, pants. I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. I should have said hot dish. I should have been truly Minnesotan at the point and talked about a hot dish piece. So I apologize to all of my neighbors.
0: I, I don't even know what that is.
1: <laughs> a hot dish is a casserole, but in Minnesota we call it a hot dish. So oh,
0: so think uh-huh. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna ask. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, but you can call me hot dish pants, uh, and that's fine. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that.
1: Oh, that's going on the Twitters right away.
0: <laughs> Hot dish pants. All right, uh, you can find me at Salad Pants uh, on Twitter, and you can find me at the Bullard Law website. Uh, and, oh, Kate, it's always wonderful to talk to you. I hope that you have a good couple <laughs> yeah. of weeks, and we'll be back in a couple weeks, folks. Yep. Bye. Bye.